28 minutes or less podcast with S. Foster. Back the way. 28 minutes or less and this is episode 49 of the podcast on the last episode that was dropped on here that was a preview and a experience of what it would be like on viewers anonymous you know what i'm saying we did the movie disturbia you know me and my guy scoots bronson so you know if you want more of that of breaking down movies you can go check us out it's on all major platforms you can go check out Viewers Anonymous where we break down movies. We recently just did Molly's Game. So you can go check that out on Viewers Anonymous. So appreciate my guy, Scooch Bronson. So the subject matter today is, now see, this is really like, kind of like the first time where I'm really going to be giving a deep dive into sports. Um, I used to hold all of my sports takes for... A stolen time podcast but like i said i canceled that podcast um i know the people that still you know look for my sports takes i know it's not going to be the same without my guy uncle washington rest in peace to my guy i love him but you know he's no longer here so you're gonna have to get these takes from me so um the bucks winning six um you know Giannis akikatumbo got his first nba championship um he, he's on a short list of guys of winning. Let me see. It's, it's, it, I believe it's only him and Michael Jordan to win defense player of the year, a regular season MVP, and a finals MVP. But I'm going to get to Giannis a little later in this podcast. But I think, you know, I'm going to look at I'm going to start from the Bucks' point of view. Um I remember when I did the podcast with with the guy Jamar, you know, saying JD Oracle. You heard him on his podcast before, and we did a podcast. Actually, it was a um, it was a mashup podcast, so it was on his podcast, which was I believe he changed the name of it. It was uh, to the wire, which I believe he changed the name of it, but it was that, and it was also Viewers Anonymous, and we broke down the movie above the rim but that's a whole nother thing but anyway so we talked about nba playoffs and i said on that podcast that the bucks was going to be a surprise team that was going to be that team that everybody needed to look at i think that everybody jumped on brooklyn way too fast i know they ended up being injuries but this is the podcast i remember me and uncle washington was talking and i was basically we was having like uh, not a heated discussion, but you know what I'm saying. It was just one of those ones where it was great because it got it got animated. And a lot of the times, me and Uncle Washington agreed on a lot of things, but there was some things that we disagreed about, and it got fun. And so we was talking, and I was like, "Some things are not excuses. Some things are just what they are." And 
injuries is a part of the game. So all of this bullshit about people talking about, oh, well, Kyrie got hurt. You know, James Harden, you know, he had his hamstring issues. Like, yo, that's a part of the game. You can go back decades upon decades and you can find an injury that impacted whether a playoff series, the playoffs, the finals, Western, Eastern Conference finals, it don't matter. You can go back time after time after time. Injuries are part of the game. And that's another reason why it's very important to take care of your body. Think about a guy like LeBron. LeBron, I mean, there's only really been like maybe two seasons where like injuries really dictated the outcome of his season. So all this little stuff about the the um, who was I just talking about the Nets. All this stuff about the Nets, they still had an opportunity to win. Now, the game is a game of inches. If KD, because there's a thing where KD wear a size, I believe he wears a size 17, but he wear 18 in shoes. Well, game shoes that he wear in the game. I mean, it was it was inches where he knocked down a three, what appeared to be a three, but toe was on the line, ended up being a two. But there's a lot of other things that go along with the game. But toes on the line end up being a two and they end up losing the series. So there is a little bit of luck that goes along with it. But at the same time, it's a part of the game. Jamal Murray, you know, he was out. And so Denver ended up getting swept because the league MVP, Djokovic, the Joker, he couldn't he couldn't carry the whole team by himself. So the Suns was able to beat them in four games. You know, you also look at you look at the 76ers. The 76ers, it was more of them just falling apart. It wasn't even really injuries that really rizzled the team. You know what I'm saying? And then the whole stuff with Ben Simmons, which I'm going to get a little bit into Ben Simmons a little bit later, but then you look at Atlanta – Atlanta was really the surprise team of the playoffs. I mean, nobody really expected them to make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. And it just got to a point where you don't see a lot of teams that are led, like completely led. But now, Jason Collins, not Jason Collins, but uh, I forget what his first name, but uh, John Collins, he played well. But at the same time, you haven't really seen a guy the size that Trey is you know what I'm saying? He's he's similarly the size of Iverson. And Iverson was really the only guy that could lead a team to the playoffs. Not only to the playoffs, but to the finals, where he's the leading scorer and he's six foot or under six foot. Some people say he's under six foot, but you know, whatever it is. So Trey was already fighting an upbill had a battle with that. Then you go over and you look at um Kawhi, you look at the Clippers. Why end up going down? You know what I'm saying? When it comes to the Lakers, LeBron had, you know, some tweaks, all this little shit. Anthony Davis, that's just, I'm, I'm going to definitely get into Anthony Davis a little later. But, you know, he was down. But this is the whole point of me even bringing this up. The whole point of me even bringing this up is the fact that Giannis, during the Eastern Conference Finals, okay, he had a knee hyperextension that happened to his knee. 
and he missed two games in the Eastern Conference Finals, and Middleton was able to, you know, put together some games and get them over Atlanta. Well, he they won one game and they lost the other one, and then Giannis was able to come back. Nobody thought Giannis was going to be able to come back to the playoffs. And that's just a testament of his body, him taking care of his body. There's a photo that's going on right now. Giannis, uh, in 2013, was about 6'9", 6'10", 196. Now he is 2, I think it was 242. So obviously this dude's been taking care of his body. So... All this little stuff about, oh, man, the Bucks only made it because it is, because of that. Like, man, like that's just, that's part of the game. So you're not going to get that from S. Foster. You're not going to get this whole thing of like, oh, well, the only reason that they did it because this person was injured. So the Bucks was able to pull this out. You know what I'm saying? The South Carolina native was able to, you know, uh, as in Chris Middleton, to go out there. And, you know, Chris Middleton had his games. Um, people was ragging him because... He is a bit inconsistent, but to be able to make and knock down, you know, clutch shots, you know, Giannis even said, like, yo, if Chris Middleton is the guy that closes games for this team. And um that's that's a testament when the franchise is being led by a guy that's saying, like, yo, this other dude, he's the one that needs to have the ball in his hands in clutch moments. You know what I'm saying? But he was able to take it in his own hands here in game six. So the Bucks hasn't won a championship since 1971, 50 years ago since, you know what I'm saying? The big old Oscar Robinson and, and Lou Sendor, which is now known as Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. So it's been a long time coming for the Milwaukee Bucks. And what I ended up really liking about this is the fact that people could do what they want to do. You know what I'm saying? People have the ability to make the choices that they want to make. I'm not one of the people that criticizes the people that go and joins super teams, but I also like the fact that Chris Middleton and Giannis been playing together for eight years and they stayed with their franchise and was like, yo, we're going to find a way to, to build something and we're going to build off of it and hopefully we can win the championship. And they did it the old-fashioned way. Not only did they do it the old-fashioned way as far as staying with their franchise, they drafted them and put their hopes and prayers that the team, well, not the team, but management and the GM and the president of basketball operations, all those people, to be able to make the moves to get them right. Um, obviously, they did that. They was, you know, they got swept last year by the Miami Heat, and, you know, they made a move. They gave up a lot of draft picks to get Drew Holiday. People was ragging Drew Holiday early in the playoffs, but when it came to the finals, he showed up. You know what I'm saying? So to be able to put your faith into, you know, all the people upstairs and to actually win a championship in a small market and to be a guy who won two MVPs and said when after he won the second one that I don't care about winning the MVP, I want to win a championship. So, you know, I'm it's 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 a good sight to see because 
you got these guys and Giannis even said it in a press conference he was like yo I could get I could just go join a team and become the you know just the guy on the team and win the championship he said it's easy you know what I'm saying I did it the hard way and I don't know if it was necessarily a shot and look it could have been a shot but you know we don't really Giannis don't really seem like a person that throws shots but there's been so many shots thrown at him that maybe it was a shot and it's to be you know to be determined depending on you know what I'm saying how you view it and how you see things but you know I'm happy for the Bucks. you know I think that it ended up being a good thing for the NBA because you know maybe there's some other people that's like yo you know what I'm saying I really respect what Giannis did and maybe I'll stay with my team to try to figure this thing out but you still got that whole thing of the media you know what I'm saying that is still judging these guys off of championships which that's something I never did like one thing I've always said on the Stolen Time podcast is Allen Robinson is my guy like he's my number one guy and he didn't win a championship you know what I'm saying so I wanted to get into Giannis man um Giannis was able to pull a 50 burger, 50 points, 14 rebounds. He completely took over the game, not just offensively, but defensively. It got to the point where I remember seeing DeAndre Ayton under the rim. He's seven foot. All he had to do was go up and dunk it, but he started looking around and he he felt Giannis. He felt the presence of him being there and he threw the ball out of the paint. He's seven foot in the paint and he threw the ball out the paint. His defensive presence, everybody's defensive presence, man. Bobby Portis, um, PJ Tucker, Drew Holiday, everybody was just it, it 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 was it was great to see defense matter again because I think that it gets forgotten because the offense a lot of the time outshines the defense because what people don't realize about let me see, I think it was the 2017 yeah, it was 2017 um, Warriors. Everybody talks about their offense. The Warriors was the number one defense in the league at the time, too. But the offense was so flashy, people didn't realize that. And for them to have three people that made all defense, whether it's the first team or the second team, but they made all defense, NBA, it showed up and it mattered. And I think it just took them a minute to get there because when you look at game one and game two, I mean, even, even it, it got me. Now, I didn't think that I didn't go as far as saying that the Suns was going to sweep them, but I did feel the Suns was going to win the series. But all it took for them to go back home, feel that energy, and then they won four straight. But the the thing about Giannis, man, that's that's they, like there's two stories about Giannis that is just that is just great, yo. So for a lot of people that don't know, Giannis is you know he's Nigerian. And, you know, his mom, you know, moved the family up there, up up in Greece, and he was born in Athens, Greece, but he was never a citizen. And, you know, there was a story that he, him and his uh, four brothers, well, three, bro- three brothers, because the four of them, I believe, they used to have to stand out on the street and sell CDs just to feed themselves. You know what I'm saying? And another thing that people don't realize is Giannis didn't start playing basketball until he was 12 years old. And 
end up making it to the NBA at 18. You know, just raw, just raw talent. And he didn't even become a citizen of Greece until he was 18 years old. So just imagine you are Nigerian, you living in Greece, and Greece don't even make you a citizen. But then when you make it to the NBA, which you are now living in America, but now they make you a citizen. Which it kind of seems like, oh, well, we can lift him up and call him the Greek freak because he's from Greece, but we're not going to make him a citizen until then. Now there's a, a whole bunch of other different things. Maybe it just took that long, but I just think it, it doesn't really take 18 years for somebody to become a citizen. I don't I don't know their rules, but I'll let you make that decision on your own. So Giannis was over here his rookie year and he just figured like yo i'll run to practice but on the way to practice he had to stop in western union his family some money you know because they were still in greece at the time it was 20 below outside and all he had was windbreakers he didn't have a big jacket and the story goes that this lady pulled over and said yo do you need a ride and he was like, yeah, you know, I would appreciate it. So he gets in the car and they said it was a Honda Fit. Now, if you've never seen a Honda Fit, a Honda Fit is like, it's like a small, like hatchback type of car. It's a real tiny car. So just imagine this dude, he squeezes himself in this Honda Fit. Lady gives him a ride. And she was like, he was very appreciative. He kept saying, thank you. You saved me. All this type of stuff like that. And she said that she was so excited that, you know, she didn't think about getting the picture, but he ended up signing the autograph for her. And just to think that to come from there to get where he is now and just think that they called this dude the Greek freak, right? But at the same time, Greece didn't even embrace him until he was really in, in the NBA. So and then also coming from Greece, like he's not a part of the cool kids. You know what I'm saying? Like Giannis ain't the dude that is, you know, lubby-dubby with everybody. Like he's not on the banana boat with everybody else. Like he's just like, he's his own man. And he don't really have like friends like that. He It seemed like he really only fought with his teammates and Kobe. And like, even when he went to go work out with Kobe a couple of years, he didn't advertise it. He didn't tell everybody he was working with Kobe. You know what I'm saying? He just put the work in and gradually got better and better and better. So Giannis is, is a great guy to root for, man. I got a pair of Giannis's. I just recently, just like literally this past weekend when I was in va- uh, on vacation in Florida, my um, my youngest son just got a pair of Giannis shoes. So he's a he's a great guy to root for. I'm happy for him. I, it's just real funny that the three Akakatumbos Aka that are in the NBA got a ring one 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 with the lakers last year and Giannis and his brother uh Th- i think he pronounced it thanos like he got a ring with his brother so that's just wild to see it go down that way so another thing i want i want to stay on Giannis for a little bit more man like so Giannis went 17 for 19 from the line and the nba rule is 10 seconds and they kind of stretched it for Giannis, and i get it you know what I'm saying? But that's just one of those things where you have to understand that everything ain't fair. Rules are going to be stretched for people who are exceptional. You know what I'm saying? Like, I bring this up all the time. 
you know, I, I graduated with a 2.5 GPA and I was an academic risk. I tell people I was a good football player, a very good football player, but I wasn't a great football player. The reason that I knew I wasn't great because the schools that I was talking to would not take the academic risk on me. So rules apply to people that are great. Now, what I do think that will become a trend because Giannis was 60%, around 60% on the road, but he was 80% at home. Now, they didn't do the counting thing at home, but on the road they do. So I think that that could be a trend, but I would imagine Giannis would work on his free throws, you know what I'm saying, over the over the offseason and all that little type stuff like that. So I just think that's something for people to look out for. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mentioned it earlier. The Bucks keeping with their core group when it comes to Middleton and Giannis. I think it's I think it's great to see. Um, the only reason that I think that it's not going to work for Portland is because the backcourt is just too small. We, they they need they need a great wing. You know what I'm saying? And I think that that's going to be the problem because Middleton is like 6'8", 6'7", 6'8", and Giannis is like 7 foot. So you can do it with that, you know, like even LeBron and AD, you know, AD 7 foot, LeBron 6'8". You know, with Damian Lillard and CJ McCullough both being like, you know, 6 foot to 6'3", it's kind of tough having, you know what I'm saying, guys that small. But, you know, that's just one of those things that I think that, they kind of put the NBA on notice, you know, with, with these guys staying together the way that they did. So that was great. Um, I mentioned Drew Holiday earlier. You know what I'm saying? He's a champion like his wife now. You know, his wife is a professional soccer player. Um, you know, happy for that dude because, you know, I listen to the Auto Smoke podcast. And everybody, every time they ask a, a NBA player who's the most underrated player in the league, everybody said Drew Holiday. And Drew Holiday put the clamps you hear me? The clamps on Chris Paul and De- and Devin Booker. Like he made Devin Booker look like, yo, you need to hit the weight room. Seriously, you need to hit the weight room because there was times where Devin Booker tried to muscle him, and he was like, nah. Like he ripped him a couple of times, and you seen the frustration from Devin Booker that fourth quarter because there was just nothing that he can do. So, you know, a guy like Drew Holiday, man, he's just one of those one of those guys, man, and he really showed up especially defensively and he knocked down some big shots too because it was one time he ripped Devin Booker went down and then busted three in his face and that's when you was just like yo it's done it's over for them you know a guy like PJ Tucker who you know what I'm saying was what one of those core guys that really took the biggest sacrifice when he was with Houston playing with James Harden this dude was playing center at 6'5 and James Harden made all that fuss but how he wanted to get out of there and he threw his teammates under the bus including pj tucker so he gets traded to brooklyn pj tucker end up going to the bucks and he still got a ring before james Harden. you know what i'm saying and that's that's what i'm saying man you, get, you really got to pay attention to shit like that and bobby porter's man he was the dude that was like this dude just it's it's, it's great to see him win because you know what I'm saying? The late great Uncle Washington, he really liked it Bobby Porter's when he played with the Knicks. He was, he's one of those energy guys. He's a fan favorite. And it's great to see a guy like him 
you know, he, he was the third leading scorer on the team. And he had big minutes and he made big buckets and made great defensive plays, you know, throughout these playoffs. So it, it was uh, it was really nice, man. It was really nice. So uh, shout out to those guys. Um, you know, congratulations. It, it was great to see, you know, 65,000 fans outside the stadium, the arena. That's crazy. So, you know, congratulations to the Bucks. But I'm going to take a little shift here, man, you know, to the Suns. You know, the Suns look good throughout the playoffs. I mean, they really did. I, I really thought they was going to take this thing, but they weren't able They weren't able to get it. You know what I'm saying? They, they, they came across a team that was a little more – they was veterans. You know what I'm saying? The Suns had a young team. I thought the Suns was going to be that team because they really only had two veteran guys who was leading that team. And it, but it was a team of youngsters. You know what I'm saying? Uncle Washington always said it. Young teams don't win championships. And I thought that this was going to be one of those teams that did, but they just couldn't do it. You know what I'm saying? You, you look at a guy like CP3, you know, he had that shoulder injury against the Lakers. I don't know if that had anything to do with it. I think CP3 ran out of gas. Um, You know what I'm saying? It, it was, you know, I, I was rooting for the dude, but there was just nothing else that, that CP3 could do. You know, like, let me see. I think it was game six of the Western Conference Finals against... No, I think it was game seven. I think they made the game seven against the Clippers. And game one, I think he scored 87 points or something like that. And it was just like, even even game two, because game two was really Devin Booker's game. And then, like, after that, he, he fell off the map. And some people were trying to get on him for not shaking hands after the game. Man, I'm not going to say that he's a bad sportsman. But, you know, some people just take losses different. You know what I'm saying? In the, in the heat of the moment, you're just like, yo, I don't feel like shaking any dude's hand. That's all it is. So I'm not going to go all out and call him a, you know what I'm saying, a bad hate that he has bad sportsmanship. It's just he didn't feel like shaking nobody's hand. He's like, fuck it, man. I put my heart into this. And he probably knows this probably was my last opportunity to make it to the finals and actually win the championship. But that doesn't take away. I mean, I still think Chris Paul is a top 10 point guard of all time. You know what I'm saying? Especially in, of, of, of my generation, we the same age. So I still think that he's a great player. And I don't think you're defined by rings. I've always said you're not defined by rings. So, you know what I'm saying? This this could be his last. That could have been his last opportunity. And I think he knew that. And I think that's why he kind of really walked off the court like that. Booker, um, I think everybody can stop saying he's the next Kobe Bryant. Um, I, I do believe that Booker need to add some different things to a game. I know it's becoming more of a finesse game, but when it comes to the playoffs, man, the the ref was letting some things go. And he got he got out muscled, he got outplayed. No, I wouldn't say outplayed because offensively he still did some things, but some of the shots that he took was bad shots. But what I do like about Booker is he's not like obsessed with threes. He will go in and knock down some mid-range shots. So I do like that about Booker. But I think he needs to, uh, if he wants to take it to that next level, I just believe that he has to uh, get a little bit better handles and be able to take people off the dribble 
And because I think that once he add that to his game of like really taking people off the dribble, then people are going to be scared to play him and he's going to be able to get better looks when it comes to jump shots. Because I think a lot of people play him tight because they're not really afraid of him running past them. So they respect this shot more than they respect him driving to the basket. So, but I also think that's a formula to a guy like taking Booker out the game is when the playoffs come, they let a lot of stuff go and they muscle you. And that's what this veteran team did. They muscled him. P.J. Tucker and, and Drew Holiday muscled him. Kind of took him out of his game. I like Jay Crowder, man. I really do. Uh, and I feel bad for him. You know, back-to-back finals, he lost. Um, but don't get me wrong. I love my Iversons. I love my LeBrons. You know what I'm saying? The KDs. You know what I mean? The Dr. J's. You know what I'm saying? Like, I like I love those guys, especially when it comes to wing guys. When it comes to wing guys like LeBron, um, you know, Dr. J, Larry Bird, uh, Scottie Pippen, like those guys. I love those guys. But like, there's just, I, but just me, because I was more of a grimy player. Like, I love guys like Jay Crowder, uh, Cliff Robinson, Jeff Green. You know what I'm saying? Tony Allen, like I love those guys like that because the thing is, they had to do it on the defensive end. And like Jay Crowder, just imagine this: Jay Crowder had to play LeBron, primarily LeBron, in the finals last year. And this year, he had to play Giannis. Like he is given the toughest task of really anybody on the court, and he still was able to, you know. Not carry them offensively, but able to get good shots offensively. And Jay Crowder really showed up in these finals, man. And I think that he's just not mentioned enough of what he has to go through and the task that he's been given, you know, throughout the playoffs every year. Even when he was with the Celtics, like he always played the toughest guy every time. And it's like, Oh, man, he didn't knock down that three. Oh, he needs to be a better shooter. Okay, it's kind of hard to be playing the, you know what I'm saying, a lot of the times the best offensive player on the opposite team, and they still want you to, you know, not carry them offensively, but be able to do more offensively. I I, I just I just like those gritty guys like like, like him, man. Like, I really like him. Um, I've always been a fan of, like, Jeff Green and, Cliff Robinson and you know just those guys who that wasn't like stars but they was those gritty guys like Marcus Smart and stuff like that so I really feel bad for him man I really do man um and I just think that Jay Crowder is just one of those under I think that he's he's probably the most under underappreciated person in these finals probably even these playoffs. I think he's underappreciated. I, I don't think he gets enough credit for what he does. So, uh, shout out to Jay Crowder, man. Um, but the last thing that I got that I wanted to speak on was, so, the odds came out. Uh, the Nets are the favorite. It's the Nets, the Lakers, the Bucks, and the Warriors. When it, when it comes to the Nets, I'm not listening. It's way too early, but I'm pretty sure they're going to keep that core team together. They're injury prone. 
I, I, I just don't think you, I, I don't think you can count on those guys. Um, Kyrie's always been injury prone. He played like five games in college. Um, he was injured in college. He's been injured a lot in the NBA, a lot in the NBA. Um, James Harden is usually sturdy. Um, KD is too, but I think that maybe the reason that James ended up having the issues that he had because he came into the season being lazy because he didn't want to play with the Rockets. So I guess we'll see, but seeing is believing. I need to see it first. Um, they are a good team, but it's just like, can you really, really count on these dudes to be, you know what I'm saying, two feet down the whole season? Well, not even the whole season, but the playoffs. You know what I'm saying? Because anything can happen. When it comes to the Lakers, the jury is still out. I love LeBron. You know what I'm saying? One of the, you know, one of the greatest players of all time. But with KD, not KD, but AD being the way he is, you know, I agree with Stephen A. Smith for what he said. I would throw AD into that trade. Well, if there is a trade that could be there, I would trade AD. I would put him in the package to get Damian Lillard. I would. Damian Lillard is a guy that he's he's always on the floor. You can count on him. They need a point guard. He's he's more of a shooting guard, but I think that him and LeBron will play good together. I don't think it will happen because of the clutch sports thing. And AD actually being like one of LeBron's guys, I don't think it would happen. But at the same time, if that opportunity was able to arise, I would get rid of him. Be like, dude, we can't count on you to be on the floor. You know what I'm saying? So, and, but you also got to realize this. LeBron had a few opportunities to get Camelo and he didn't do it. And that's his guy. He had an opportunity to try to put in a word to get Chris Paul, and he didn't do it. And when he was with Miami, he didn't tell Dwayne Wade that he was going back to Cleveland. And Dwayne Wade didn't sign um, an extension. So I think that that friendship can only go so far. So, I mean, it's out in the world. I don't think it'll happen, but I guess we'll see. So I think the jury's still out with the Lakers because I don't know who's going to be with the Lakers. Um, the Bucks. You know, it's hard to repeat, but the way they look, I mean, you got to say they're one of the favorites. And the other team that's in the favorites, I think Klay Thompson is hungry, man. I think that if everybody stay healthy, the Warriors is a, a, is a really good team. You know, when, when Klay and Steph is together, it's magic, man. It's magic. It's, it's a sight to be seen. So I also think that's something for people to look out for. Because the Warriors can still be one of the best teams in the NBA. Um, the one thing that I wanted to say about Ben Simmons was the fact that him and Giannis with these free throw things, um, even not free throw, I, I think that Ben Simmons needed, I think that he really needed to pay attention to Giannis because I think that he needed to translate his game to what Giannis' game is. And then he's a better passer than Giannis. Um, but I think Ben Simmons need to, you know, not really necessarily focus. Uncle Washington said it all the time. Everybody would say that Ben Simmons need a jump shot. And Washington would say, yo, all he got to do is knock down his free throws. If he become a better free throw shooter, mid-range shots, layups, and nothing wrong with that. You know what I'm saying? James Harden tried to make fun of um, 
not try, but he did make fun of Giannis saying, oh, it must be great to be able to be seven foot and all you do is dunk on people. So you know what? That being seven foot and all you do is dunk on people won him a championship because he couldn't be stopped. Once he turned into that spin move, it was over. If Ben Simmons start doing that, I think people will respect him more. And the other thing before I get up out of here is that Giannis did not shy away from the free throw line, even though he was having before game six, before he started having those free throw rules, he was not shying away from getting fouled and going to the free throw line. Mad respect for that. Um, you know what I'm saying? That's all I got. I just wanted to get some of the, my thoughts out on the NBA Finals. Um, like I said, congratulations to the Bucks. Um, you're going to be getting some more sports on here. Um, college football is right around the corner. You know what I'm saying? I got to give you my my nose takes, my 49er takes. Um, you know, uh, shout out to Candice, man. I hope you appreciate this episode. I haven't, you know, gave no sports takes in a while. But, you know, before I get up out of here, man, rest in peace. Uh, love my guy, Uncle Washington. You know what I'm saying? My old co-host that passed away earlier this year. Uh, love that dude. Miss him. And uh, so shout out to him. Uh, shout out to my co-host, Scoops Bronson of the Viewers Anonymous podcast. Uh, go check us out on all major platforms. We're putting in and putting out that heat. Um, shout out to my guy, Casey. Man, that's the music that you hear in the background. Also, the intro beat that you heard, I switched it up. So I uh, hope everybody enjoyed the music that you're hearing on this podcast. Um, that dude, he put in work for me, man. He is great. Um, he's a great friend. Um, you know what I'm saying? And my favorite producer. So shout out to him. Shout out to JD Oracle. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to everybody that was uh, that uh, came on to this podcast. I appreciate everybody's support. I appreciate everybody sticking with me, you know, over the years. Um, I promise you I'm going to get more consistent on putting these episodes out. Uh, just had a lot of stuff going on lately. But your boy's back in the lab with these thoughts. I got something cooking up, man. Something coming real soon. That um that that I have in the work, so I hope y'all like it. Um, this was episode forty nine of the twenty eight minutes or less podcast, and your boy is out.
Thank you. 